Hello, my name is Aziz and I'm the son of a divorced mother. She is really my superhero. That's why it's important for me to support women to share their uniqueness, their personalities, perspectives, and emotions about this world. In these difficult times in human history, we need to bring the people of the world together. And when we hear the voices of women, when we listen to real lives of women from other countries, we connect our cultures without differences or stereotypes, and we get inspired by their stories to live a better life. That's what this podcast is all about. My guest today is Laura Ruchenko. La Ruche is a singer, songwriter, performer, comedian, actress, and the number one Gaga impersonator. She is also the very first Argentinian woman in this podcast, so it's a very special episode. La Ruche was a flight attendant for almost 10 years. She resigned and became a full-time singer. She is now a published singer. She writes and produces her own songs, and she also does a stand-up comedy and opened her own comedy night show in Dubai. La Ruche has performed in the best venues in Dubai and made a name for herself. La Ruche, how are you today? Hi, how are you, Aziz? Thank you so much for having me. I, I feel great. Thank you so much. I feel honored, lucky, happy to spend this time with you and very curious about you as a person. So I'll begin with this nice first question. Sure. If your friends and the people who know you best could describe your personality, what would they say about you? Oh, man, I think the first thing they will say is crazy. <laughs> But I would say creative. Um, yeah. And I am quite honest, so I'm not afraid to, you know, to say the things that are on my mind, especially with people that I love, because I feel like if you love someone you should, you know, always be honest with them and, and tell them what you think so they can be the best person they can, right? Thank you. And you mentioned that you are crazy, which to me is associated with being free, with being open, with being unstifled by the thoughts of others and society. What makes you be able to show your craziness without fear and judgment? And what would be an advice or inspiration for some women who might have their crazy side, but they keep it inside because they worry, oh, no, people will judge me too much? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Since I was younger, I was never afraid to show who I am and to be myself. However, I understand that when you're younger and you're an adolescent and, you know, the, I think the older you get, the more you get um, to show yourself and not to care about what people say. But for older, for younger girls, I would say that's going to come to them. It just know your value and know who you are and know what you do. And um, people will talk either way. People will talk if you do something good and if you do something not good. If you're pretty, if you're not pretty, if you're fat, if you're thin, they will talk either way. I always say, you know, the, the haters will hate and there's nothing you can do about that. And also, I am not interested on being liked by everyone. 
you know, that's not my, my goal at any point. My goal is to reach people, to inspire people and who those people that will follow me, then those are the ones that matter. The ones that don't follow, the ones that don't care or that that doesn't mean it doesn't matter. It's just not for, you know, for my career, I guess it, it doesn't add up anything. So, yeah, I love this. And I have a deeper question about it because I know that some people will hear that, but they will not really get it fully. So what is it about the few people or the lesser people that follow you that makes them resonate with you? Because many people think, oh, no, if uh, 50% of people or 80% or whatever uh, don't like me, it means people hate me. But that one, when you said impact, uh, resonating with people, etc. Is it that those people are your kind of people? Are they similar to you? Are people different uh, in different ways? So the right people resonate? Is it energetic? I just I just want to understand both when most people don't agree with you or don't follow you. Yeah. Why is that a good thing? And what is different about the people who follow you? I think that people that follow me are interested on, on different things, like on a different sound different kind of uh, artists, you know, because I feel like nowadays we are hearing the same voices everywhere. You know, we are seeing the same things. Everybody dresses the same. I feel like there is not much personality going on. And some people are followers. Some people just follow what's safe. I always say that I am not a safe artist in the sense of that if you come, if you ever had the chance to come to my show, you will understand what I mean. Um, I follow my instincts, my passions. I dress, uh, I make all my costuming and I, I dress in a way that I express myself the way I do that. I don't do it to look pretty or to sound pretty. So to answer your question, when you say what's wrong about like people that don't follow, there's nothing wrong about that. I actually love the fact, the fact that not everybody loves me, <laughs> you know, because uh, you need to you need to have your people, right? If everybody loves you and everybody follows you, then you might be doing something wrong. You know, it's like you're, well, you know, I always compare myself with a different kind of ice cream, right? Maybe everybody loves vanilla ice cream, but I don't want to be vanilla. That's not my flavor. It's too flat for me. And, you know, it's too basic. I don't like that. So I'd rather be something more spicy, something more, edgy and you know so people will whomever likes those kind of things and whoever wants to try something new and listen to a new kind of sound uh, have a different kind of energy then those are the people that are going to follow me and the other ones that like vanilla ice cream they will stay with other <laughs> vanilla ice cream <laughs> i really really love that i understand it very well so to you too you feel more alive when you are unique and your own unique version of how you look how you sound that you're not similar yeah. to others which makes you you uniquely some people too might wonder and say i love that i love how crazy you are that you're very edgy and um, unique but is dubai the right place to be that kind of person maybe they don't know what is your opinion about that because they'll think, well, if you're so edgy, maybe you should be in New York City or California or somewhere like that. Yeah. Is Dubai the right place for people who are extremely unique? Well, um, I 
actually think so. Dubai ex- is expanding. You know, Dubai is changing. When I came to Dubai 12 years ago, as, I, as you mentioned before, I used to be a flight attendant. And I feel like everything was a bit safer. Everything was safe in a way that, you know, self-expression was not very well seen. I have to say maybe as a performer, you know, you have to cover up more. Or, you know, when I do my stand-up comedy, I am not a clean stand-up comedy uh, person. I, I swear a lot. And um, so, but now that is okay. I feel like before you couldn't do that, but now it's fine. So um, I do agree with you that I should be doing this in New York. That's for sure. And that's my goal. Uh, ultimately, I want to go to New York and uh, the States. But I do think that there is something special in Dubai. And the fact that people are so used to having safe artists or, you know, maybe seeing the same kind of shows or listening to the same kind of music or voices. I feel like my show gives a little bit of something else, you know, it gives something that a lot of people have told me I've never seen or I've never heard someone singing like that or seeing someone doing what you do in your shows. So I appreciate that because that I feel like Dubai is growing in a good way. It's, we're evolving. We're, we're getting there. So, yes. Thank you. That's absolutely wonderful to know. And I know and see that so many creative people are moving to Dubai. And to ask you even further, you mentioned that you love creativity. And mm-hmm. now you said that you create your own unique sounds, things that people are not exposed to before, even your own costumes. And it's about your unique expression. Well, creativity normally requires inspiration. Mm -hmm. What inspires you to find things that people haven't seen or heard before? Because that sounds like it could be very difficult, but you do it consistently. Do you have a ritual for that? Are there specific things? Are you born this way? Uh, I know it sounds very... uh, I don't know how to put it in words, but I think I was born this way. I, I I just don't want to sound like, you know, cliche, but I do find inspiration on artists. That's for sure. Um, I find inspiration. Obviously, um, my favorite singer is Amy Winehouse, but I do find inspiration in a lot of other singers. I love, for example, you know, Evanescence and I love Amy from Evanescence. Um, and I get I take some of like that goth from Evanescence and the glam from Lady Gaga. I love Lady Gaga aesthetics. I think she's fantastic. She's an amazing um, and persona. Like, you know, in the stage, she has this character that's insane. And I love her um, outfits and she's always well put together. Also, you might laugh at this. A lot of people know about this. Um, I take most of my inspiration when it comes to makeup and outfits from drag queens. I love drag queens and I always say that I am a female drag queen. I am a female that does drag. That has nothing to do with my sexuality. It's just an art form that I adore. I love the fact that you can transform yourself into a different character, you know, and you can look like anything you want. If you have the skills to do it with the makeup and with the hair and, you know, your outfits and stuff. You can be whoever you want to be, and it's just so much fun. And that surprise, you know, for people, that's the thing. The the fact that you can surprise people in your shows, 
by the way you look. And, you know, when I changed my outfits, I changed from head to toe. So I'm a different person. And I love the look in their faces and the confusion, but amazed. they're amazed and confused at the same time. And I love that. I, just, I live for that. So, yeah, I would say those artists and mostly drag queens. I love that. And I never heard that before, that you're the female drag queen. So I love the uniqueness of all your inspiration. And I agree with you. It's a great art form. And to you as well, you mentioned that you live for the surprise and the reactions of people. On stage, whether doing comedy, singing, interacting with an audience, what gives you the most energy? Are you the one who's like giving the energy to the audience? Is the reaction of the audience what gives you the energy? Is it an exchange? Because some people are saying, I express myself, the right people will love it. If the audience hates it, doesn't matter, I'm having fun. Other people will say, if I have the wrong audience, I cannot really have fun because the energy is not there. What is it for you? Because you express both sides. Sometimes you're like, I'm expressing myself. The haters are going to hate. Lovers going to love. Yeah. And other times you're like, oh, my God, I love the reactions of people, how they look at me. They say, I never heard things uh, like that before. So what is to understand your experience of being on stage? How does it work? Well, first of all, as an artist, you need to put yourself out there. If you don't put the right kind of energy, people will not be receptive of that. I take, when I go to the to the stage, for me, it's the same as any kind of relationship as, you know, with a partner or with a friend. It's a give and take, right? So I give them and I take. So you have to read your audience as well because I don't do all the time the same. It's depend, depending on the audience, even the songs that I do. Because I can understand what they want to hear and I can understand what they want to see and how you they want me to, um, you know, interact with them. So I would say it's a give and take. But as a performer, you need to put yourself out there and put the energy. And even if I don't get that energy back, you know, the show must go on and you need to keep yourself doing it. And also, I always say that if people don't like my sound, they're going to like my outfit and they don't like my outfit, they're going to like my sound. Uh, maybe they like both. So I try to tackle my audience from everywhere, like from my looks to, you know, my hair, my makeup, my outfit, all those things put together. The selection of music, because on my shows, I try to do uh, some oldies and some new songs, some funk, but at the same time, some pop. So I mix and match a few of the sounds so I can get the attention. You know, we are all different. We don't like the same music, right? Uh, some people are kind of like, oh, I like this song that she did, but I don't like that one. But that's okay because I did both. You know, so um, I feel like I always try to tackle them somewhere. So there, and it's also an experience. They're not going to remember what you were or what you sang, but they're going to remember how you make them feel and how they felt in there, you know, watching you and stuff. So they, I want them to remember me somehow and have a memorable, memorable experience. So, yeah. That's actually very, very wise and very, very true. And you spent 10 years being a flight attendant, if I understood correctly. And then yeah. later on, did you become an artist after that? Did you do it meanwhile? I'm just... I want you to share your journey mm. of becoming someone within the Dubai art scene, as well as your advice to some women who have their crazy side. They want to do the art, become an artist, but 
at least at first or whatever, they see too many doors are closed to them. So how does that journey work so that they don't give up hope? Well, so yes, as you said, I came to Dubai when I was 21. I was hired by one of the biggest airlines in Dubai. I'm sure everybody knows, but I'm not going to say the name. So I flew for almost 10 years. I've always been an, an artist. I actually, well, now we are doing a, a kind of like a video. Uh, people will not see this, but this, what you see behind me, I painted it. So um, I've always been an artist in the sense of like, I love all kind of art. I used to paint. I was always a singer. I was actually doing this back home between like singing and music, um, like theater. And so when I came here and I started working as a flight attendant, I feel like my creativity sort of, um, I wouldn't say it faded away, but I would say I was tamed for a few years, even though I was still doing my music and, you know, I love all the experience I had. I wouldn't change a thing. And also, um, that job, actually helped me to pay for my music. So I did my album. I wrote all my songs and I did my first album called Feathers, which is on Spotify, iTunes, and, and all the music platforms. That was my first album. And um, I wrote it and recorded it while I was flying because I knew that I wanted to leave that job so I could um, do what I actually love. You know, when you start thinking, look, I'm not getting any younger I actually have a talent. A lot of people have been telling me before that I should follow my dreams. I should follow my talent and, you know, share it with the world. And my husband was the one that actually uh, pushed me to do it. So after I finished my album, it's sort of like a CV, you know, for a singer to have your, your own album and your own so uh, sound. I also have my um, music video on Vivo. And um, so, yeah, I resigned finally and I started going you know to some um, auditions and interviews and stuff and you know from working one place and then I worked in the other and then you know people talk and then you replace someone here but then they liked you so you go back and that's how it happens so um, I'm, I'm very happy and to the girls that want to follow their dreams I would say if you have a dream Always, I would say, follow it and do it. However, also, like, if you feel like you have a talent, you need to know what's your talent and you need to know how to explode it and how to, if you want to work from that talent, how to do that. Because you don't want to, you know, start a new life or leave what you're doing. And then, like, you, you realize that you actually couldn't do it somehow. And then you get, um, yeah, I feel like you get heartbroken for not being able to follow your dreams. I, I think that uh, practice makes, makes the master. So if you want to do something, if you have a talent, practice, 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 do it, do it, do it, show it to your friends, share it here, share it there. And then once you're sure, just go ahead and do it, you know? I agree 100%. And it makes me wonder because of the way you speak, are you a person who is spiritual? Do you believe in destiny that... Uh, you had to go for this because it's your destiny or do you believe you create everything in your life? If you don't manifest your destiny, it won't happen. Like what, how do you view the world? Do you see yourself as being protected by a higher power or that it's all up to you? What is your approach? I am a spiritual person. I don't have, I don't follow any religion. I do think that my energies 
and everybody like we all we are all energy right so you need to put the right energy out there and that's going to come back to you i just uh for me is the more the best i do for people and the the better you know i treat people then that's going to come back to me i i don't think anybody is going to come to me and be like oh you've been a bad girl then you know you're going to go somewhere else I, I don't think that for me is like do good and good is going to come back to you. That's it. But um, I do have a lot of crystals. Actually, I have a little table with a lot of crystals. I um, I put some incense. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I have also a um, nice uh, salt lamp that I feel like it gives me energy. Um, I, you know, put on Palo Santo. I put on sage. I clean the house. So, yeah. I also love to read the tarot, you know, the tarot cards. So, yeah, I'm a very energetic person. And um, I think this is the reason why sometimes it happened to me that I just, let's say I'm working with someone and I just don't get along. I feel like I can feel people's energy and that energy really affects me. So sometimes I'm like, look, this is a very nice person. He or she is really good or whatever. I can't work with this person because I feel like the energy I'm getting back is not matching mine. And, you know, some people, like, they suck the energy out of you. So, um, yeah, so I'm very aware of that. When I meet new people, when my surroundings, you know, I try to surround myself always with people that have the same vision, you know, the same energy, the same good vibes, people that actually love what I do, people that I support them. They support me. You know, it's it's a flow. It has to be a flow of energy. The moment that energy gets stuck somewhere and you send good energies and it doesn't come back to you, I feel like that's the moment that I, yeah, I can't be with that certain person or something like that. Really, I love that. And it's always part of your attitude of uh, the right people will resonate with you and the wrong people. Nothing goes wrong with them. They're just not your people. Yeah. And to ask you to, you're originally from Argentina. Mm -hmm. Did you feel that you fit in within the culture there? Or even anywhere in the world, you felt like uh, you felt like an outsider. And so you embraced it and wanted to show your uniqueness even more. How was your life as a crazy creative <laughs> growing up? Are you crazy creative in an Argentinian way or in your own super unique way that even in Argentina was not uh, fitting within the common culture? You know, I think Argentinians are very creative. Like we, we love music and arts. We were born doing things. Like I was always doing theater, dancing, painting, and I studied fashion design. Uh, I went to fashion school when I was back home. But yes, I do think that sometimes, even when I was going to fashion school, I was a bit of an outsider uh, because of the way I used to dress. I remember I love vintage clothing and I remember going to uh, uni with a very long vintage uh, gloves, beige gloves. This, oh my God, I remember this. A hat and a very old bag, you know, with my things for, for, um, for uni. And I would just walk like that in the streets, like I belonged to another kind of era. And everybody would look at me like, who's this girl? Like, where did she come from? I feel like Argentinians are also very judgment judgmental. So yeah, they used to look at me weird. And also because the fact that I don't never ever listen to the music that we listen back home. 
it's it's fine. The music is fine. It's just I never found it myself. I never found that I, you know, connected with that music. I always loved jazz and blues. And on my birthdays, I would put, you know, music of my taste. And my friends were like, oh, my God, like, where are you going to put this? It's such a bummer. And then they wanted to put the music, you know, cumbia, which is the original music from Argentina. And I was like, if you guys are going to play that, you're going to have to leave. This is my birthday. I'm not, I'm not listening to that. <laughs> but then when I came to Dubai, uh, it was hard because, as I said before, I feel like Dubai is growing now and is being more accepted and receptive of things like, um, you know, people coming from other parts of the world, people wearing shorts, people showing more skin, you know. But when I came here, for me, it was a bit of a struggle because in Argentina, we are very free in the way of dressing. And here it was a bit like also not well seen. Like if you go to a mall with the shorts, they will kick you out. So, and that happened to me actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yes. And uh, yeah, that was just a little bit, uh, I would say, hard at the beginning. Um, same with the food. Uh, it's not much related, but the food here was very exp- um, spicy when I arrived. And, you know, we don't eat spicy at all. So those were things that took me to uh, get used to the place. Now I feel like since the market is changing and, you know, we are mostly expats in Dubai, it's fine. I feel like every time I get celebrated now because I am myself. Every time I go out, people actually compliment my outfits and when I do my shows, they all take pictures with me because they love it. So I feel like now I'm getting celebrated for my weirdness. And that's great. <laughs> I agree. That's absolutely great. And to finish this, because you mentioned, for example, how you were dressing absolutely uniquely in Argentina and people were judgmental. And in Dubai, in the beginning, you needed uh, like to contain yourself a little bit. But there are many women and even girls who are... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> now you can go in shorts or whatever, anywhere you want in Dubai and they don't stop you or kick you out of the mall. But what I mean is there are some um, teenagers, uh, especially like girls who grew up in the pandemic with a social isolation and an age where they worry about uh, social media and whether people will like them or not. So the judgment of other people is very influential on them. What's your advice for them so that they can be themselves, express themselves fully, put themselves out there and not worry or how to deal with if they feel bad because other people judge them? Look, as I said before, even when I was younger, I've never cared about what people say. And I actually thought, at first thought that that was normal. You know, I thought like the way I took other people's uh, kind of like view on me or whatever they think of me. It's none of my business. I thought that was normal that everybody could think that way. And then I realized that it's not like that. And a lot of, I have actually mostly women that come to my shows, they find it very inspiring because it's like, it gives them, you know, like strength and this kind of like, passion for life and be like, yes, I want to go home and I want to put on my makeup and I want to look like that and I want to be great. And I love that. I love to be able to inspire uh, women. So I would say to the young girls, don't believe everything you see on social media. Don't because 
people will share the, you know, the best parts of who they are, the best part of their day. And then the problem is that you're home and you're like, oh my God, look at her. She looks great all the time. Oh my God, she travels. Oh my God, she sounds great. Or this or that. But nobody shows you the downsides of their work. Nobody shows you, you know, that um, they woke up not feeling great. Sometimes I wake up myself and I'm like, I just don't want to do the show or I just don't feel like doing it. But I push myself and I push myself because of the people. So I, I will say in this era of social media and every, I feel like everybody is so concentrated on the phone and, and like what everybody will think. And every like is, um, you know, is somebody actually validating you. That's all bullshit. I don't think that you should use that kind of validation from social media. It's like, well, what if somebody has 20,000 followers, then she's better than the one that has 10. No, maybe the one that has 10, you know, is, uh, I don't know, she's doing more work or she's, even a better person, she's just not showing what she does all the time, or she's more loving. Maybe that person does charity and you don't know. There's so many things that uh, we do behind cameras and, you know, not showing to the social media that, yeah, that like they don't get um, seen by people. But at the same time, everything is valid, you know? Uh, so, yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, young girls today and I am actually very happy I was I, I grew in an era where social media was not existent because I feel like at least I had a normal childhood, you know, now it's like childs and all the kids have, you know, Instagram and they all have phones. And I feel like it's, it, I feel sorry for them, you know, to grow in this, in this era. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit sad, I would say, but just be yourself, be yourself because people feel uh inspired and people feel the ones that are haters they feel threatened by you they feel threatened by people that are inspiring that are doing you know being who they are unapologetically like they don't care what other people say and at the end of the day you only have one life you only have one chance to prove yourself nobody else but you it's just you yourself and whomever you want to be in life. So it's just to prove yourself that you can do it. And the only way to do that is just keep going forward. There is no other way. Thank you so much. It was my privilege and my honor to have you here. It's absolutely great to hear your thoughts, share your voice and your perspective. I wish you all the success. I wish you in the future to make it to that uh, maybe Broadway show or wherever in New York. And thank yeah. you again for participating. Thank you so much for having me, Aziz. I really, this means a lot to me. And really, I every time I get contacted by people to do podcasts, or especially with this kind of like premise of rare girls, like because it's such a beautiful message and it just helps all of us to empower ourselves. You know, you don't have to be a great speaker. You don't have to be like the prettiest girl in the room. But as long as you're yourself and, and you share yourself with the world, I think that's what uh, was worth it. And also, if you only reach one person, 
you know, I, I don't mean to reach to everybody. Um, I don't think I want to do any mainstream um, kind of like music. But if I can reach one person, that's that's what it's all about. I think that's yeah, that's what that's what matters.